Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us on Zoom or in the building Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. For the Zoom link, please contact tikvatdirector at gmail.com or contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. So here we are in Torah with the story of Noah, Noah and the Ark, a very familiar story to us all. I'd like to start today by stating that I'm using as a foundation for much of my material, a Havara group that I taught a handful of years ago at the Barry's Havara. So Tom and Margie, y'all can go to sleep for the next 20 minutes. This might sound familiar to some. Race car, level, kayak, radar, do geese see God? Too bad I hid a boot. A man, a plan, a canal, Panama. Madam, I'm Adam. What do all these random words have in common? They're examples of what's called a palindrome. And a palindrome is a group of a word or group of words that are spelled and pronounced the exact same way backwards and forwards. This last one that I mentioned, Madam, I'm Adam, of course, was a favorite of my son growing up. Of course, his name is Adam. Madam, I'm Adam. And of course, they all hinge on a single central letter that kind of serves as the linchpin to the puzzle, so to speak. More on this later. We'll We'll come back to this. But first, if you guys will indulge me, I'd like to share a true story from my childhood. In the early summer of the year 1977, I turned six years old. And for my birthday, I'll never forget it, I received from my parents a little kit called Tri-Lab Pack. You guys remember this? Yes, Trilab Pack. As you see, it was a kit that included kind of a, a geology set that, in all honesty, I really wasn't all that interested in, a little chemistry set, and a little cheap plastic microscope. And this gift, it validated within me a love for science and a love that I brought with me into my education into my adulthood and into my career. Now remember, brothers and sisters, this was 1977. Nowhere in bike helmets on tricycles in 1977. As cheap as this stuff looks, it worked. I mean, these chemicals that you, they were real. I, you could never sell a toy like this in our present age. You'd be in prison. There was this booklet right here that I just wore. I wore the staples out of this book, booklet. 
Um, it was chock full of cool experiments that you could do with different chemicals. For instance, within these were real acids and bases. And one of the experiments was that I mixed a little bit of acid and a little bit of base together. And after a, you know, this big explosion and you know, peeling off my eyebrows from the back wall and putting them back on, behold, there was a little bit of table salt at the bottom of that test tube. I mean, these were, this was real. I mean, these were real chemistry lab grade chemicals and I had a ball with these. I spent hours doing these little experiments and watching the little test tube turn different colors. I'd be up in my room for literally hours at a time. This microscope, as cheap as it looks, it worked. This kit taught me how to make my own slides, you know, and put little specimens on glass and add reagents and then a slide top and, and visualizing this, this microscopic world that I, I had no idea even existed. After absolutely tearing open this package, the microscope was the first thing that I grabbed. I was in my room and I'm looking down in this thing, making a slide, and I literally just reach out my arm, and the first thing that I grabbed, whatever it was, I put it on a slide. I added a reagent, and I saw this absolute wonder. I spent hours and days just fixated on this image. I was fascinated. Now, if none of you throws an avocado at me during the sermon, I might tell you what this is. It made the physical world at least make so much more sense to me, that there's a microscopic world that indeed underpins how things function. Fascinating, even at six years old. And why do I remember specifically that I was six? Why do I remember that the year was 1977 because it was this very image that I was transfixed on through that microscope that I remember my mom knocking on my door and entering my room and saying to me and my older sister, okay kids, today we can do one of two things. We can go to the pool or we can see this new movie everybody's talking about. Well, my sister excitedly ran into my room and she said, let's go to the movie, let's go to the movie, let's go to the movie. And, <laughs> and I remember, even as a six years old kid, I remember feeling this surge of, of, of bratty anger because I wanted to go to the pool. It was summer. I didn't want to stay in a building all day. But then true story my sister turns to me and she said these words exactly exactly they're burned into my memory no wayne you will love this movie it's about spacemen and like a little german shepherd my ears went bink whoa spacemen all right i was sold and of course this little movie changed the world it was Star Wars, Episode Four: A New Hope, the blockbuster of 1977. Pardon me. 
you know, like millions and millions of children up into the present age, that movie rocked my world. I mean, I, I was not the same. And to this day, I'm an enormous Star Wars fan. No offense to Trekkies. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, as are my children. To this day, I remember also that the summer, excuse me, I remember also that summer that a presentation Sunday night after the wonderful world of Disney, you guys of my generation or older remember that, a presentation of Dino De Laurentiis, 1966 movie, The Bible, In the Beginning, came on TV that Sunday night. I was beside myself. I wanted to see this. It was all the stories that I was somewhat familiar with from Torah. Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, Noah and the animals and the ark, Abraham and Isaac, all of these stories were dr dramatized in that movie. I don't know if any of you saw it or remember seeing it. I was six. I don't know what I expected, but I did not expect what I saw. I was six. I did not expect to see such graphic depictions of, of Cain picking up a, a rock and, you know, bashing Abel over the head until blood spurted out. I mean, I was horrified. And moreover, before that movie, when I had seen depictions of Noah and the Ark, I saw them in these kind of colorful kids' cartoons. That's what I was used to seeing. That's, I guess, I, I don't know, I guess that's what I thought the movie was going to be. Look, everyone has a smile on their face. Look how well the lions and the drabs are getting along. The elephants seem absolutely thrilled to be there. But this movie tore me up. I mean, it was graphic. And to have been made in 1966, the special effects rivaled those of that Star Wars movie that I had just seen the day before. As the rain was turning into the flood, I mean, the, the screams of desperate people drowning and begging Noah to open the door of the ark and people running around terrified and lightning striking them dead. I mean, this movie messed me up at six years old. I remember after seeing that movie, I had nightmares about floods for years. I remember many a day that even if it would just drizzle a little bit outside, I, I, I would stand, the back door of our house was, was all glass, and I, I, I would just stand, I, would, I would, literally shaking, I was terrified that that little drizzle was going to turn into a flood. It's amazing what you remember, isn't it? Madam, I'm Adam, this morning, as I usually do when I'm up here, I'm going to ask you all to humor me. Can you do that? Like I always say when I'm up here, I'm going to ask you to stay with me. Stay with me. I want to consider as a group something very, very unique about the literary structure of the story of Noah and the ark. Stay with me. Madam, I'm Adam. 
Now, this is arbitrary, okay? These letters won't stand for anything, but I'm going to use this as kind of a diving board. I'm going to kind of use this to mark off chronological events within the story of Noah. Is that clear to everyone? For those of you listening by podcast, I'm using the palindrome, Madam, I'm Adam, and I'm going to kind of designate each letter to be a chronological event in that story. M, Genesis 6, verse 5 through 7, God notices evil upon the earth and decides to destroy his creation. But he does notice poor Noah, a righteous peon, and you will, drowning kind of in this ointment of evil. A. Genesis 6, verse 8 through 22, God honors Noah's righteousness by promising Noah that he and his family will be spared and gives them instructions to build the ark. D. Genesis 7, verse 1 through 5, the animals and the birds gather and climb aboard the ark. Genesis 7, verse 6 through 9. A, Noah and his family climb aboard the ark. M, the rains come, and the waters of the earth open and engulf the earth in a flood. The ark is lifted by the water from the land into a floating position. We're going to entertain that this middle part is the linchpin of the story. As all palindromes have a middle linchpin, we'll come back to this one. Continuing, Genesis 8, verse 2 through 13, the waters recede and the ark lands on Mount Ararat. Genesis 8, verses 15 through 16, Noah and his family disembark the ark. D, Genesis 8, verses 17 through 19, all of the animals and the birds disembark the ark. Genesis 8, verse 20 through chapter 9, verse 1, Noah honors God's salvation and faithfulness and offers a burnt offering, just like what Clarine read in the Parsha this morning. And last but not least, Genesis 9, verses 1 through 17. God gives dominion of the earth to Noah. Creation is restored and renewed, as is the covenant. Y'all with me so far? Now, this is where it's going to get interesting. I'm going to list off those same events. But I'm going to do so from the beginning event and the end event, working toward the middle. Is that clear to everyone? You're going to see that the story of Noah is made of equal and opposite events. Let's check it out. Stay with me. God notices before the flood, that evil has increased upon the earth, and he decides to wipe out creation with a flood. God recognizes Noah as a righteous flea, struggling in an ointment of evil, if you will. 
after the flood, the last event, Noah is no longer a peon. In fact, he is the opposite. God gives him full dominion of a renewed and purified creation and renews the covenant to Noah. Second event before the flood. God honors Noah's righteousness by promising that he and his family will be spared. After the flood, second to last event, Noah honors God and his salvation and righteousness with a burnt offering. All of the animals and birds climb aboard the ark. All of the animals and, and birds disembark the ark. Noah and his family climb aboard the ark. Noah and his family disembark the ark. The rains come and all of the waters of the earth flood the entire earth and the ark is lifted above the waters. After the rain, the waters recede, and the ark lands on dry land upon Mount Ararat. And we are left with the middle linchpin. And the linchpin of the entire story of Noah and the ark happens to be Genesis 8. Verse 1, and God remembered Noah. Despite it all, in the midst of all the horrors and terrors of the flood itself, God remembered Noah. I'm sure that this verse was a wonderful comfort to all of the Jews in Babylon, exiled from their land, their temple destroyed, and God remembered Noah. And the Torah is chocked full of similar verses, brothers and sisters. Exodus 2, verses 24. As the Egyptians were being enslaved in Egypt, and God heard their cry of grief, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Exodus 6, verse 5, I have remembered my promise. Leviticus 26, verse 45, I will remember my promise. Psalm 105, verse 8, he always remembers his promises. Psalm 105, verse 42, and he remembered his holy promise to his servant Abraham. Amen. Psalm 106, verse 45, he remembered his promise to them in keeping with his rich mercy. And Psalm 34, verse 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and rescues them from all their troubles. Beloved, we could do this all day. We could spend all day basking in the scriptures and find passage after passage after passage after passage describing the Lord's great love and faithfulness for each and every one of us here. For each and every one of us watching 
and listening by Zoom for each and every one of us listening by podcast. God hears and remembers you, perhaps during this COVID pandemic. Some of you have loved ones who are desperately ill in the hospital on a respirator, and the only way that you can visit them is by FaceTime. Perhaps one of your loved ones has passed away because of COVID or because of something else. God remembers you. Perhaps during this time you have no income coming in into your family and, and you may worry if you're going to have a home next week or a meal next month. God remembers you. Perhaps you or a loved one has recently had a cancer scare and you're just reeling and you're wondering, what am I going to do now? God remembers you. Perhaps you're a faithful parent or grandparent or uncle or aunt of a son, a daughter, a grandchild, a niece or nephew who has just lost their way in this life. And you were woken up at three in the morning this week by the police. Again, on the telephone, stating that they have your loved one in custody. Again, for another DUI. Again, beloved God remembers you. Perhaps you're a faithful husband of 20 plus years and you've just found out that your wife has gambled away your life savings as part of a catfishing or Ponzi scheme. God remembers you. Perhaps you're a faithful wife. And your husband of 30 plus years told you this week that he is leaving you for his much younger personal assistant. God remembers you. And when observed this way, perhaps, just perhaps, the story of Noah is not a horror story of a random mess of unbridled chaotic evil resulting in the mass drowning of a world full of sinners. Perhaps it just might be a story of healing, a story of renewal, and a reminder of God's great sovereignty and faithfulness to each and every one of us here. And God remembered Noah. Beloved, whatever it is that is your struggle and within your desperate hardship today, God remembers and notices you. Thank you for listening. Shabbat Shalom.